Hey, your heads-up display is a built-in guidance system. Follow it. To the target, open your chute when the system says not before and definitely not after. Or the last thing that goes through your mind will be your kneecaps. Is that clear? Crystal. Come on, Cleo, what are you doing? Hey, pass me a tape. No, let's go. Come on, I ain't going nowhere till you pass me a tape. Take that shit and let's go. Hello, I'm Jason Concepcion and welcome to the Connect, a podcast series about movie intersections hosted by myself, two-time Emmy nominee and three-time New York Times bestselling author Shay Serrano, in which we talk about Movies, two movies, one picked by me, one picked by Shay, and the theme that connects them. Today, it's Cool Mask. A group of friends from Los Angeles go on a bank robbing spree, and a team of spies races to stop a terrorist with weapons of mass destruction. It's 1996. Set it off in 2018's Mission Impossible Fallout. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Let's go, motherfuckers. Jason, before we start, yeah, can I ask a question that doesn't have anything to do with the actual podcast? It feels like you are avoiding saying that you won an Emmy. You're like dancing I I don't around wanna, it. And I don't understand why. You should say it at least seven times a day. I mean, I do in in rooms with people when I'm trying to get them to give me more money. But, <laughs> but I don't like to brag too often on the pod. But I did win one. Uh, I mean, you could see it on the shelf behind me. I like to have it on the shelf behind me when I stream video games on Twitch, just as a flex. <laughs> I think you should work it into every conversation that you have. That's what I do when they're like, when I'm placing an, a pickup order and they're yeah. like, oh, what kind of, you know, they ask you, what kind of car do you drive? And I'm like, well, as a number one New York Times bestselling author, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to just throw it out there. I drove down to San Diego right after I won it uh, to go hang out with some friends for the weekend. And I took it. I had it on the. I had it. <laughs> I had it in the uh, passenger seat, like with the with the seatbelt on it and stuff. <laughs> I carried it into restaurants. 
See, that's that's more that's more like it. We should we we got to bring that energy into the intros for the podcast. Tell me tell me about tell me about you want to do Fallout first or set it off. Yeah, first? let's do why not why not do Fallout first? So Mission Impossible Fallout. It's the fifth installment in the long running and venerable Mission Impossible series, which I love. I've seen every uh, movie in the series. I think I've seen every movie in the series when it opened in the theaters. Just a big fan of spy movies. And this these this is a series that kind of has it all, right? You, you've got the action set piece. You've got the heist set piece. You've got the counterintelligence thing. You've got the putting the team together. You've got the team taking on various missions. And it's always a, a fun cast of characters. I saw this at Arclight, which is... Um, a theater here in on Sunset Boulevard in L.A. If you've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you've probably seen this movie theater, the, at least the facade of it. Um, the cool thing about seeing movies in L.A. is because it's such an industry town, like this is like, it's like steel mills to Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? A lot of times when you go, there'll be people who worked on the movies there. And if you go at the Arclight, a lot of times... They'll have like uh, the original costumes, like in glass cases, yeah, 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 in the in the lobby, and it's I love that kind of vibe. So when I saw Fallout, and this has happened for several movies that I've seen in L- in LA, but it's always a cool thing. I saw it like on a matinee weekend. It came out an early matinee, so it was like packed, but not super packed. And then when the final credits rolled, there was this like whole family that had kind of like stuck around. Mm-hmm. And I guess they were waiting for someone's name to go like past the scroll. And when it passed the scroll, they all cheered. That's that is cool. just, That's it's just cool. so cool. Like you forget, there's just so many people like who work in the industry that are like below the line that you, that just it, this is the industry they work in. Um, and it's really cool to see that, to watch them get recognized and have yeah, their name yeah. attached to like this huge picture and have all their family there watching them. It was really, <laughs> it was really awesome. Honestly, my main memory of Fallout is that. That's a great memory to have of Fallout. I saw, I, I've been to the Arclight a couple of times. I saw two movies there. I saw Joker there. I was in LA mm-hmm. when that movie came out. And I went and saw Hacksaw Ridge there. Did you see Hacksaw oh, wow. Ridge with Andrew Garfield? I did, see Hacks- I did see Hacksaw Ridge, yeah. So the thing that you're talking about, I went to go watch Hacksaw Ridge. It was like, whatever, it came out on Friday. It was the Thursday before or maybe the Friday of, but I went. And I watched it. And first off, it was the first time I'd been to that particular theater. I was I was upset because they don't sell nachos at that theater. And I was <laughs> like, this don't. is fucking bullshit. Why would I ever come back here? And, but I so I, I I end up like eating a fucking hot dog and some candy like a doofus instead of my normal nachos. <laughs> I'm just sitting in the sitting in there watching these guys get blown up on screen. But after the movie was over. This guy from the Arclight walks out and he was like, you know, I hope you all enjoyed the movie. Uh, we have a person here who would like to talk to you about it for a few minutes. And fucking Andrew Garfield walked in. That's and they so set cool. A, they set a chair there. And honestly, I really love Andrew Garfield. I think his performance in The Social Network was outstanding. One of my favorites of all time. I would 100% traded it, would have traded it for some nachos at that particular <laughs> moment. I just... I mean, I, I just I, <laughs> <laughs> the Arclight is great also for low-key celeb spotting. I think you'll take interest in this. I was outside the Arclight. There's like Give it a, to me. There's like a smoothie place there, right? And I was getting a smoothie. Yeah. And who is waiting to go see a movie but Chris Pine? Chris Pine. Chris Pine just standing there with his with his homies. I did not speak to him. Could you hear him? Could you hear how hot he was? Could you sense it in your groin? Chris Pine, (laughs) 
He, I'll tell you what he was wearing. So first of all, tell me, tell me every detail. One of the dudes who is like, just kind of more handsome in person, like uh, uh, much more handsome. There's certain people that you, if you ever That's see them in person, you realize that something about the way like the flattening effect of a screen works, they look significantly different in person. And it's like only the weird proportions of the, their face that make them like super like attractive on screen. Chris Pine just is good looking. About, I'd say he's about six foot six one, tall drink of water. <laughs> he had the real scruffed up beard, a black leather bomber that was like super worn in and looked more expensive than any single article of clothing I wear. And he just like super looked like Han Solo wearing it. I absolutely. Yes, I do remember exactly what he's wearing. He would then he had like <laughs> these cool, this very cool uh, pair of like dark wash jeans on and then like some kind of custom Converse style high tops. They weren't sure. Converse, but they were some kind of custom Converse style. And he was there with like a bunch of his homies is I don't know what they were going to see, but you could see I was maybe 20 feet away from him sitting, talking on the phone with someone. And I was just like, yeah, hi, I'm just sitting. I just wanted to call you because I need something to do because I'm just sitting here like observing Chris Pine. <laughs> and I want to act like it's totally normal that I'm just sitting here observing Chris Pine. I mean, you could, he he's just one of the most handsome people I've ever seen in person, just absolutely stunningly handsome guy. This is all good fallout material. This is all connected to fallout. <laughs> it from is now, absolutely. From now on. These are my memories of the arc light and a fallout. And I guess part of it is just like, I miss going to the movies, man. You know, fallout was a great time to have at the movies. And I remember seeing it. The, the My main takeaways were one, I love the way Ethan Hunt is presented in this movie. You know, Tom Cruise is getting older. He's getting his ass kicked a lot in this. Supremely, movie. just over and over again. Over and over, he is getting beat up. He's getting thrown through walls. He's getting knocked off motorcycles. Everybody is kicking his ass. And he has that great, he has several great moments where it's like when he's fighting the dude who they who they think is John Lark, right? And uh he is and that guy is just like WWF chopped. August Walker in the face and knocked yeah, him yeah, out. Yeah. And then he does like the thing where he straightens his like jacket and then stands oh, there. Like, what are you going to do at that point? <laughs> and then Ethan Hunt is just like, I can't believe I have to fight this guy. And then yeah. goes to fight him. That, that, and the fact that, uh, this series kind of has, continues to be so great because it's so aware and you have to give credit to a uh, director. Christopher McCary is written with a script by him. Of course, starring Tom Cruise, Ving Rhames, Alec Baldwin, Simon Pegg, Angela Bassett, Henry Cavill, Rebecca Ferguson. I have to give credit to McCary here for just keeping the series aware of all the other action films that are out there. Like there's a little John Wick in here. There's a little Fast and the Furious in here. There's the quippiness of like the Marvel movies and the funniness of the Marvel movies that didn't really exist in this series before. Uh, and that, I think, all together makes this I think my favorite of the Mission Impossibles. I just had a great time watching it in theater and I miss going to the movies. That's a good pick for like your favorite Mission Impossible movie. If you're ever in a fight and at some point during the fight, the guy you're fighting takes a second to like fix a piece of his clothing. Nah, I'm, you're I'm again, running you're away. You're fucking wrecked. You are I'm running wrecked. A, I'm running away at that point. The, the uh, Same as with you, this one 
reminded me acutely that I have not been to a movie theater in over yeah. half a year at this point, because I, I could remember exactly where I was when I saw this movie. The twins and I started this thing called the Summer Movie Club back when they were about eight years old. They're 13 now. We were living in Houston at the time. And the way the Summer Movie Club works is every summer, the three of us, just the three of us, go to the movies once a week, every week for the whole summer. And we just pick a thing and we watch it. And we see every single thing that comes out. We've been doing it for over five years at this point. And Mission Impossible Fallout came out uh, the summer that we moved to San Antonio. We had just gotten here. We were still trying to get our feet underneath us. The apartments where we lived, luckily they were like 10 minutes away from this really nice movie theater. So in the midst of moving to a new city, which you know is a very turbulent experience. You had, is, to do, you, you had to do that. So we have that going on. Plus the twins are not only transitioning to a new school, but they're transitioning from elementary to middle school, which is another very turbulent experience. With all of this stuff going on, we were able to sort of ground ourselves with the normality of the summer movie club trips. So we go and we watch Fallout. And same as you, my main takeaway was this movie fucking rules. We saw it on the IMAX screen with the mega speakers. We had our snacks, nachos included. It was fucking, <laughs> it was just, it was just straight up awesome. Like you walk out of the theater and the, the, the twins and I, we have like our little decompression session afterward. And we talk yeah. about what we liked, didn't like, whatever. And we were all just like, that was fucking cool. The helicopter scene, cool. Oh, the bathroom man. fight. Cool. The motorcycle chase. Cool. Every single part of this movie was fucking awesome. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, it's just a it's just a mind melter. What about Set It Off, Shay? Set It Off came out in '96. Starred uh, Vivica A. Fox, Jada Pinkett, Kimberly Elise, Queen Latifah, directed by F. Gary Gray. One of the things that I really like about this movie is that we get all four of the actors really early in their career, especially in their yeah. like movie career. Kimberly Elise, who plays TT, this is her first official movie role. Jada Pinkett, she plays Stoney. She had been in Menace Society, Jason's Lyric, A Low Down, Dirty Shame, a couple of different things, but this was her first headlining role. Uh, same with Vivica A. Fox, who plays Frankie. She was in, in this same year, Independence Day. And, Pretty good. And yeah. sent it off. A great, great, great <laughs> year, but like a starring role in this one. And then Queen Latifah, who plays Cleo, you know, she'd been around for a while. She like established herself in the rap game. She was doing uh, the, the sitcom. But we talked about Juice on another episode. Like she was in that too. Like she had that sort of stuff going on, but set it off was the same as the other ones. Her first real headlining, I'm a movie star now role. And I got to tell you, just going forward, I'm going to spend a lot of time today talking about her role as Cleo, which was fucking outstanding. Just a stellar performance. I watched this movie in high school. It had already been through the theater and was at Blockbuster at this point. And so we rented it and we watched it at home. And it's one of the few times in my life I can remember watching a movie and being so completely drawn in by a single character on the screen. In this particular case, I'm talking about Queen Latifah as Cleo. I just thought she was so fucking cool and so fucking perfect. I loved everything that she did in this movie. I like the clothes that she wore. I like that she had dreams of fixing up a lowrider car, which is like, that's a thing like every young Mexican dreams about doing. Yeah. Uh, I like that she was like, I liked how mean she could twist her face up. It was just all so great. And mind you, everybody else in this movie, Stoney, Frankie, TT, they're all great too. But Cleo, when I saw Cleo, when I watched Cleo, I was just like, fuck. Yeah, she was as raw as it got. It just totally unafraid of every situation, which is like the opposite of how I existed. You know what I'm saying? 
Did, w- when did you see this? Was this like a... This is a blockbuster thing for me too. I saw this at, as a double rent with Dead Presidents. Oh shit, that's a good that's a good double feature. And so Dead Presidents was like, I had had the soundtrack since it had come out because I was, the soundtrack is awesome, but I hadn't seen the movie. And then so I was like, well, fuck it, let's rent these movies. And we just went on a heist thing, me and my friends, put it on and absolutely loved it in the, much the same way. You know, heist movies, I'd always, I've always liked heist movies, but before Dead Presidents and Set It Off, most of the heist movies, because it's like mostly like a white crew that I've seen, it's like, you know, it's like heat. These guys are robbing banks because it's their job. Dead Presidents and Set It Off, the thing I love about these movies was that you want these characters to get the money because they fucking deserve it. They, they deserve it. They deserve they it. Deserve, they need they it. Des- they need it. They fucking deserve it. And it's the only way for them to be made whole by all the bullshit that has happened. You absolutely understand why they're robbing the banks and you want them to rob them. You want them to get away with all the fucking money. I I had the same experiences here. I loved living single. So like I was like, okay, Queen Latifah can act, but I was not ready for her as such a just a real hard ass like badass, dude, badass, the double gun wielding role. And I remember being particularly just like, man, Jada Pinkett, who is she? Oh, my Lord. I've been blown away by this person. Incredible performance. And then John C. McGinley, again, is like the dick in everything. My guy, Dr. Cox, coming my through. Guy. He's actually he's actually sweet in this movie. Like he he turns a little like he, he, he tries try, to be. he tries. He tries. Once he realizes how shitty the world is for these four black women, he's like, well, let me reel it in a little bit. I, I was just blown away by this movie. I, I Same as you. When I wrote uh, Movies and Other Things last year, I knew while we were designing it, setting it all up, I knew I was going to have to figure out a way to narrow down like the entirety of all of the movie characters who have ever been in a movie that I liked and pick just 11 of them to put on the cover. There's space when you're, when you're designing this stuff, there's space on the cover for about 11 people. And so that's like a hard thing to do to make that list that small. But Cleo... I knew without a doubt, she was like, this is not even a debate. Cleo is going to be on here. She, I think if I can remember correctly, her like picture is the biggest on the cover of everybody else. That way she sort of, she sort of jumps out. It's just fucking outstanding. You know, I was just thinking of right now, you mentioned Living Single. That's a great, great show. Steve, can we do a thing on this episode, Steve? <laughs> oh boy. Okay. All right. Here we go. Can we do a thing on this episode where you just add in a laugh track? like a 90s sitcom laugh track. I'm going to, at some point, make some 90s sitcoms pun-style jokes or something like that. You'll know when I when I do it. I love it. And you just add it. Can you add in a fuck? what's the that, that transition music they play on Seinfeld? That... Yeah, you got that, that little bass lick. Give me that, give me that and the laugh track as we... You got it. As we go forward. Jason, can I ask you a thing? I was, I found myself thinking about this again, because each time we do one of these podcasts, I will sit on the couch and rewatch the two movies that it is that we are talking about. And almost always, this will be a movie that Laramie has not seen. Like she didn't go with us for summer movie club to go watch Fallout. So she's never seen Fallout. She's just like, whatever about it. So I was wondering while I'm watching it, just like I was last week, what's the three minute stretch in this movie that perfectly captures the essence 
of it. Like you, you have somebody who has never seen any Mission Impossible movies and they're not interested in watching this one either, but they agreed to watch like a three minute stretch with you. What's the, what's the piece of the movie that you're going to pick that you will show them in hopes that they will decide, okay, I should probably, this is, this looks pretty cool. I want to watch it. I've got it. And it's no brainer. To me, it's that was fast. Yeah, to, to me, it's the Hans Delbruck cold open interrogation. So Hans Delbruck is uh, this scientist who the IMF team suspects of being in league with these super terrorists, and he's going to build these nuclear weapons, right? And he's got some information on the on his phone that they need. So, unbeknownst to him, they kidnap him and put him in this hospital bed. Yeah, this is a great, this is a great pick. And this is a great this, pick. And on this the screen, uh, as he wakes up is Wolf Blitzer uh, in the situation room <laughs> talking about <laughs> a terrorist attack that has just happened. Three nuclear weapons have uh, been <laughs> detonated in Kashmir, one in Kashmir, one in Mecca and one at the Vatican, right? And he's talking about this. So Delbrook wakes up and he thinks that his terrorist compadres have actually done it. They've achieved what they needed to achieve. And then Ethan and Luther basically trick him into unlocking his phone by telling him, listen, we will read your manifesto. We'll have Wolf Blitzer read your manifesto on the air if you unlock your phone. And what does it matter? Because the terrorist attack has already <laughs> happened. And it's just, it's just everything you want because it's like misdirection and, you know, and a surprising reveal and the mask scene. Here's a funny story. I, so I was watching this in preparation <laughs> for, uh, for doing this. And it wasn't this mask scene. It was the mask scene later when uh, when you realize that um, Benji is Lane and they're under the street, you know, <laughs> under the streets of Paris. Yeah. And my girlfriend was, had just happened to walk in. She was watching over my shoulder and she's never seen any Mission Impossible movies. And when <laughs> when August Walker rips off Benji's mask and it's Benji. This is exactly what she did. She just went, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like the sound, if you saw somebody like out your window get hit by a car, like shocking yeah, yeah, yeah. she was just like, oh, my God. And it's that kind of shock that is what makes the Mission Impossible series great. Especially because like people come to expect the masks now. So it's like, where are they going to do it? I fucking fall for it every time. I every time every I time. fall for that shit. Every time <laughs> I'm waiting for it. I know it's going to happen. Yeah. And they fucking get me every single time. They even tip their hat really early on with the line where uh, Henry Cavill, August Walker. I didn't know until right yeah. now that his name was August Walker. I just figured it out. <laughs> As you're saying, he's just Henry in my head. I, they, they like let you know very early on that he's going to be the one who falls for this because he makes this very snide remark like, oh, yeah, I can't believe people fall for this shit or yeah, something yeah. like that. And they're letting you know they're going to do it to him and you still have fucking no <laughs> idea. I fall for it every single time. I love it. It's it's the best gag. I can't believe uh, that you mean to tell me Mission Impossible people, they have the IMF, they have this revolutionary technology that will allow them to make the faces, <laughs> that will allow them to like scan everything with like a pin drop size, whatever, and they can't get past Apple's face ID? Like that's I, know that. I don't know what, what, what? Well, I guess I, I'm assuming Delbrook was like smart enough not to do it. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, with that scene turns out that uh, Benji is, is Wolf Blitzer. It's just spoiler alert. What about you? What's the three minute stretch of set it off that you would uh, make someone watch in order to get them to watch that movie? 
That's a really surprising pick. That's also a great pick because as soon as you said it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good one. More more than any action sequence because now I kind of know what's what what else they're gonna do in this movie. For set it off, I think I think it's a relatively easy pick if you like step back a little bit because set it off more than anything else is a movie about friendships. Like heist stuff yeah, happens in it. Sure. Yes, it's a it's a heist movie. Uh, but there are different types of heist movies. You have the heist movies where everything is action driven. You have the heist movies that depend on uh, more on being clever than being dangerous. You have heist movies where like the score is so outrageous that it becomes the pool of the movie, things like that, right? Set it off. The reason that it's so moving and, and, and so impactful is because you can feel all of the different ways that Cleo and TT and Sony and Frankie are tied together. The movie does such a good job of setting up all of these pieces around them that are forcing them toward this catastrophe. And the only way that something like that works is if they can make you care about the people at the center of everything. Like you have to care about the people who are at risk. I've seen this movie, I don't know, a solid 20 times in the, you know, since it came out 20 years ago or whatever. And still when I was like rewatching it to prepare for this, I got to the part where they tumble their way toward that final heist after Queen Latifah has that great scene where they have like the lineup. And then they go right out of that into like the mechanics of the next one. And I was pulled all the way back in. Oh shoot, I just thought of one. I just thought of one. When she's in the when she's in the lineup and she's making that really angry face, they could have called her Mean Latifa. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. You're getting the boo one of these times. <laughs> so if so if I need a three-minute stretch of set it off to show someone to convince them to watch the rest of it, I'm not going to pick one of the heists. I'm not going to pick the the opening scene where they establish very quickly that the main characters of the movie are going to face a gross amount of injustice. Uh, I'm not even going to pick the, the lineup scene, which I think personally is the most electric moment in the movie. Uh, I'm going to pick that scene that happens early on when the four of them are just hanging out around Cleo's car and just sort of talking shit with yes. each other. That's really all you need to see to begin to care about those characters. You watch them talking and interacting and, and tending to each other's words and thoughts. And it's super clear that number one, they care about each other. Number two, they have individual relationships in the group that you know are going to come back later. And number three, that these characters are worth rooting for. I think there's no way to watch that three minute stretch and not feel like, okay, I need to know what happens from here on out. I need to know how this ends for them. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, I, think exactly it's gotta, I, I think it's got to be that one. Do you have, oh, I'm so excited right now. Steve, we need the horns. We need the horns. Jason, do you have a, you know, it's bullshit for, for, the, for one of these movies? Please tell me you do. I'll tell you exactly what's bullshit. So Ethan Hunt meets, uh, posing as John Lark, meets the White Widow at the uh, Grand Palais. There's a bunch of hitmen, hired assassins in the crowd that are going to take down uh, the White Widow. Ethan gets her out of that space and they fight like all these guys. Why are these guys attacking her with knives? Are we here to do a job or are we here to like uh, be on top chef? Are you guys professionals or or is this like a quick fire challenge? What are you trying to do? Are you trying to kill someone? Did I did someone pay a, a high dollar fee for a professional to do a job? Why did you bring cutlery? What are you doing? 
Guys, I, what are you doing? Why did you all come with knives? What are you doing? I thought I, when as you were talking, I was like, oh well, maybe they have metal detectors. And the, but there's a whole there's like a whole shootout right before <laughs> them. So, so that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that. <laughs> what? Well, I don't understand. Like, you don't want to draw attention to yourself. Like walking up to a woman and stabbing her in the middle of like a bar is not going to draw attention. Why did you do it this way? And that has been this week's You Know What's Bullshit. Let's do some categories, Jason. Let's, Let's go. Let's do some categories. First category, the cafeteria table. Oh, yeah. This week, we're populating our cafeteria table with characters from cool mask movies. There are six seats at the table. Ethan from Mission Impossible gets a seat because his fucking mask rules. Cleo from Set It Off. I'm going to pick Cleo because she's my favorite. Cleo from Set It Off gets one of the seats. And uh, we're talking specifically about the mask they wear for the last heist, the clear one, which is like, I don't know why that that is such, such like a creepy mask to me. I have a, I have a clear mask story. So let me. I want to get to this quickly. So let me say, Ethan gets a seat. Cleo gets a seat. Uh, there are four seats left. You get to pick two. I get to pick two. But before that, please tell me this clear mask story. Okay, the first time I ever took a LSD, I walked in. <laughs> it was around Halloween, and I and I walked start. in and I walked into the convenience store where I would later be fired. Wait, the burrito, the burrito. I walked into because it was right across from the from the dorms. It's come full circle. Oh wait, I was not. Well, I was not fired yet. I was just wait. like not working that night. Wait, 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 wait. Time out, time out, time out, time out. Trying to get Jason to admit the burrito story. Talk about a Mission Impossible. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please go ahead. So I, this is the first time I've ever done it. Like I was not, I didn't know what to expect. It was like a little paper tab. I took it. Nothing was happening for like 30 minutes. So we're like, let's go get some like drinks and snacks. Go across the street to the, to the 7-Eleven. Uh-huh. I'm in there. Uh-huh. It's around Halloween. I'm Keep buying a, a Arizona iced tea. I hear my friend go, hey, look at this. I turn around and he had one of those clear masks on, the exact same clear mask. And I turned around and I looked at him. My mind couldn't figure out what <laughs> had happened to his face. And that's when I knew it was beginning to work. <laughs> so I turned around. I was just like, what happened to my friend's face? I don't <laughs> This is no, this is just his face now. <laughs> <laughs> he just looks like that now. It just like that's how he lives his life. That's yeah. incredible. That is incredible. Okay, let's do some let's do some picks. Cleo has a seat. Ethan has a seat. Got to have him. Give me give me your first one. Give me your first one. I'm going to pick Hannibal Lecter. Boom, I had him too. <laughs> I had him too. That's great. I, I mean a moment in movies that changed my life forever. You got to have it. There, It's so rare to watch a scene and be like, I've never seen that before. And I remember when I was a kid watching, however old I was, the first time I saw uh, Silence of the Lambs, I was like, this is so gory. I have never seen that before. And I am so fucking shocked and surprised. It's incredible. Even now, it's incredible. Watching let's it, share them. You tell, tell me a, why you picked them. Let's share as them. A gro- as a grown up watching it now, it's unbelievable. When he sits up in the back of the ambulance <laughs> and pulls it off, and you realize what's happened, just fucking unbelievable. I think I've talked about this a, a time or two before, but I greatly, greatly, greatly enjoy when a movie does something that I have never seen before. 
never seen before or never. never even thought about it. We're talking about Mission Impossible. In the very first Mission Impossible, when they're breaking into Langley, they use this tool that goes down underneath through the through the vent and like has a little hook on it and it catches a screw that gets- Yeah. Under, and I'd never seen that before. And I was like, I'll never forget this for the rest of my life. Same thing with the Hannibal Lecter mask. As soon as we settled on this, I like, well, I know one of my picks for the cafeteria table, but I'm so glad you picked it because that means I get to use one of my stand-ins. Okay, here's who we have so far. These three, and this table is fucking outstanding already. Ethan Hunt and Fallout, Cleo and Set It Off, Hannibal Lecter and Silence of the Lambs. Outstanding. So we have to have we have to have this one then in here. We absolutely have to have, I think this is the greatest mask in any heist movie that we have ever seen. We have to have Bodie's Ronald Reagan mask in point break. I need it the most. I need it more than anything else. It's just so fucking cool. I, I always like hesitate to use the word iconic, but it's legitimately iconic. It is iconic. That mask. It is it is absolutely iconic. And also just like the metaphor of the dead presidents, they're stealing money. Everything about that the original point break is incredible and Bodie's mask is the shit. One of the all-time like cool characters, also Bodie. Just oh, like a cool guy. We have Ethan Hunt and Fallout, Cleo and yes. Set It Off, Hannibal and Silence of the Lambs, Bodie and Point Break. We are solid right now, and I'm really, really geeked to hear how you're gonna drop this ball on the one yard line for us. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give I, it to I, me. Listen, this is a dangerous table and it's a dark Ooh. table. I don't want to put the, I didn't want to put this person in there, but also like I don't think that I, I just don't want to overthink it. So I'm going to go Michael Myers from Halloween. It's just an absolutely iconic mask that is the embodiment of the character, completely embodies the character. And it's a, a face I see in my nightmares to this day. So I got to have him at the table just sitting quietly waiting to kill us. That <laughs> <laughs> I, this is this is why I think this is a bad this is our week's bad pick what? because he's gonna not say anything at all everybody know, else that we thing. have there is super fucking charming Ethan super charming and clever Cleo super charming and clever Hannibal Bodie and then you've got fucking Michael Myers not saying anything not laughing not reacting and he's gonna kill us all he is going to do it at some point. He would be the only one who's like, I, I should kill everybody at this table. That's what I should do right now. And yet, and yet I feel like I have to have him there. I just like, we have a, we have a long relationship in terms of uh, how much I love the Halloween movies. And I just feel like I can't exclude him and I have to have him there. And again, we've talked about this. I feel like is if you just kind of walk quickly, you can get away with him. Yeah, yeah You can yeah. get away from him. Michael Myers is my number one favorite horror movie monster. Yeah. And I'm sad that 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 he has to be this week's bad pick, but that's just <laughs> that's just what it is. Okay, we have Ethan and Fallout, Cleo and Set It Off, Michael Myers and Halloween, Hannibal and Silence of the Lambs, Bodie and Point Break. We have one seat left. Let's go through some that didn't quite make the cut. Sure. I cut this guy, be, same reason I couldn't include Michael Myers in there, uh, Jason Voorhees with a hockey mask. An outstanding mask, but he's just shit for conversation. It's just not going to be that much fun to hang out with him. He's just not going to do anything. So he's out of here. I also cut Jim Carrey in the movie The Mask. Just too annoying. Too annoying, right? I kind of love him and then I kind of hate him at the same it's time. It's too like much. It. We're trying to have a conversation here. 
and we're he's trying just to have doing a conversation, stuff. and you're doing cartoon impressions, and like your tongue is. Really, yeah, I'm not interested. This is why I, I I had Darth Vader, but then I I took him out because he'd be choking everybody, and it's like come <laughs> on, <man. laughs> the hockey masks that they wear in Heat. Since we're talking about hockey masks, those are the, those are cool masks. I couldn't have that one in there. The clown mask in the Dark Knight. I feel like we we had enough heist movie characters at this table already. I'm not so interested in in adding more to it. The nun masks in the town. Those are good. You and I, you and I have had uh, private conversations about this. Every time I rewatch Set It Off, I'm reminded how much the town just fucking straight up took the whole movie Set It Off and was like, let's do that. Beat for beat. Beat for beat. How many, how many, <laughs> how many comparisons do we need? The, the, I mean, we just it, do them all. <laughs> we just do them all. They're, they're, they're both uh, crews of four lifelong friends. Yeah. The... Uh, one of the people in the crew falls for somebody at the bank that they that they rob. Ding. Um, <laughs> the uh, two people in the crew, like the muscle and one of the other people, like getting a, a big fight right before Ding. like the final the final thing. <laughs> Three members of each team die in the final robbery. Ding. They all sort of die in the same way. The movie ends with the fucking one of the people escaping on a bus. <laughs> it's just so much stuff. It's just straight up the exact same. It's the exact, exact same, same movie. movie. <laughs> it I, really I, is. <laughs> I, I, and listen, and listen, I want to be clear. I love it. Make I it love again. The town as well. Make it again. Yeah. Just keep replacing it. We did it with black women first, then That's white right. men second. Give me some Mexicans. Let the Mexicans do Let's it. Go. Give me the Asian. Give me the Asian Please. set it off. I want it all. I want all of it. Give me the Indian set it off. I'm fucking in there. Okay, let me give you the last one. Let me give you the last yeah. one. This guy is my horror movie pick that we have to have in there. I think better than Michael Myers. Uh-oh. We need we need to have the ghost from Scream. That's a super good one. fucking charming, super funny, knows a lot about movies. He knows a ton. They would be really fun to talk to him about movies. I love to talk to somebody <laughs> who knows a lot about movies. Me me and the ghost are like, "Hey, remember in that one movie when this happened and fucking here's Michael Myers?" Just not Head, <laughs> headline and variety. New York Times bestselling author Shea Serrano and Ghost from the Scream movies team up to <laughs> team up on unnamed horror project. <laughs> this okay. Here's a, here's what we I got. Uh, let me calm down. This is our table. This is our table. Steve, we have the table. Can you give us the? Can you give us one line from each of these characters, please? Thank you. Can you give us one line from Ethan and Fallout? I'm jumping out a window. One line from Cleo and set it off. You know, we ain't robbing stage coaches. I need something I can set it off with. Boom. Hell yeah. One line from Hannibal. <laughs> <laughs> I just started thinking about when we get to the end and we need the I line from Michael Myers. Michael Myers. <laughs> it's just. It's just <laughs> I just started thinking about it. And just right now. I just right now. <laughs> I just thought, I just realized. Okay. This is hold perfect. On, hold, on. hold on. Okay. We have been keeping this in. This is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have been, I just, okay. One line from, um, from Hannibal and Silas and Lamb. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. One line from... Uh, <laughs> One line from Bodie and Point <laughs> This was never about money for us. It was about us against the system. That system that kills the human spirit. 
the whole first season was a setup for this one joke. <laughs> one line from the ghost mask guy in uh, in screen. <laughs> I told you not to hang up on me. And the bad pick of the week, the worst pick that we've ever <laughs> that we've ever had. Build it up, Steve. Build it, build it up. Build it up. Keep going. Bigger, 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 bigger. Steve, can you give me one line from <laughs> one line from Michael? <laughs> one line from Michael Myers in Halloween. Y'all ready for this? Any any line of his, Steve? Anyone you want to put it there? Anyone? It doesn't matter. It's so many. <laughs> oh, that was incredible. I'm sorry. Okay. I, I need a, I need a, I need a second. I need a second. Oh, we move on. Okay, actual tears in my eyes. <laughs> Next category. Oh, God. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The most exciting part of a vacation stay at a home rental? Easy. It's being greeted upon arrival with a rusted lockbox affixed to the underside of a stranger's condo. Yeah, you simply twist knobs, click gears, jiggle it, and then rip it off its moorings, and voila! Your prize is a key to a questionable home rental and maybe tetanus. When you just want to get your vacation started by actually getting into your room, it matters where you stay. At Hilton, we deliver your key right to your phone on the Hilton Honors app. Hilton for the stay. Ask your doctor about Air Supra, albuterol budesonide. Eligible patients can pay as little as $0 per inhaler, subject to eligibility rules and maximum savings limits. Restrictions may apply. Visit airsuprasavings.com to learn more. It's the move I could pull off. <laughs> I will ask Shay five questions based on his movie. He will ask me five questions based on mine. I will start. All right, give it to me. Shay. Yes. I've asked you this before, but I'm going to ask you again because I want specifics. Mm. Could you rob a bank? Fuck yes. I've changed my mind. I've changed my mind. I've watched this enough times to know that I could rob a bank. However, I could not successfully rob a bank. I'm, I'm going to die at some point during the robbery. Very quickly, I will die. Wow. You know who, who I want to be? I want to be the guy that jumps up on the counter and starts yelling at people and then <laughs> the like best one. immediately gets shot. Because he's up on the fucking counter. <laughs> that guy. That's the, that's the that's the one I'm gonna be. I'm gonna I'm gonna be running shit for a solid fifteen seconds. Gonna be great. Well, this this kind of ruins my second question. Could you rob two banks? Could you rob a bank <laughs> and then could you be like, you know what? That was pretty good. I need to go back and rob the second bank. No, I'm done after the first. <laughs> You're one. done my, after the my my bank robbery uh, reference page, one entry long. All right. Could you date the manager of the bank that you are scouting to rob? No, I couldn't. I couldn't do that. That's a that's a really interesting question because there are some very complicated like emotional angles that are involved with that. There's like a a very real amount of betrayal. And you have this this character who's being very nice to you and genuinely cares about you and like is trying to build this relationship with you and and it's it's all predicated on this fundamental level of deceit. I don't think I could carry that with me. 
I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. So I'm going to vote no on that one. Okay. Could you buy guns from Dr. Dre without mentioning that it's Dr. Dre? I could not. I was really excited to see him in there. <laughs> I know, me too. I was like uh, watching the credits and they show his name in the credits and I'm like, where's Dr. Dre in this movie? And then they get to the part and I'm like, oh, that's right. I forgot about this. I love Dr. Dre just sliding him into a movie, get a, get a few lines in and like slide out the way. He's really good in this one. I would I would argue that this was his best movie performance I, in particular I, I when, so he's, when he's watching the the robbery play out on the TV. And you're like, oh shit, okay. This is like a, he's really filming this shit. You know what I'm saying? The two scenes of his that I really liked. One, when uh, the ladies go to him, they're looking for Luther. And he's like, oh yeah, Luther was just here. He was acting kind of crazy. I think he got some money. That, and then the scene when he's watching them on the news, I thought were were two wonderful performances by uh, Dr. Dre MD. Finally, could you be in a police lineup and make a crazy, wild, mad dog face. <laughs> I could do not. you have the balls to do that? I could not. She was really just like... She was mad dogging it. She touches her pocket to remind yeah. the witness, I, yeah. I'll fucking kill you if yeah. you say something. Just great. Again, the most electric moment in the movie. And she doesn't say one single word. She just... a single thing. Through her face, I love it. I fucking love it. I love that. That scene. was, That's by so the way, good. that was my set. That was my runner-up for uh, what's bullshit. That was going to be my set it off. What's bullshit? If they're not arresting you, don't go with them. Don't go. Am I under arrest, John C. McGinley? No. Yeah. Then I'm not going. I'm not going to that lineup. Fuck. That. I'm not going. If I was in any lineup from like any movie or TV show, it would be like the time in Brooklyn Nine-Nine when they all sing Backstreet Boys together. That's exactly what my, <laughs> that was the, the, old, that's the one only the one I could, it's the only one I could Absolutely. be in. The only one. All right, let me ask you your, could you, could you pull off these, these moves? And your questions are much different. They're almost all of them are like, uh, athletic, uh, based. Could you, could you, uh, rock climb at the end of the movie? Ethan has to climb up the, yeah. He has to scale the wall. Yeah, I think I could do it. I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm like, I got small fingers. I think I could fit them in the little cracks. I like dabbled in rock climbing. I couldn't do it if it was like legitimately, <laughs> legitimately like a death defying climb. But I think I could climb uh, for a short, like beginnerish distance. I could rock climb. Hand to God. Before we recorded this podcast and I was working on this thing, I was talking to Laramie about this part in particular. And I said, I'm going to ask Jason if he could rock climb. And I'm 100% certain that at some point he has rock climbed at some point. And here we are. And here we are. I really like that at the end of this like super high speed, aggressive motorcycle chase, boat uh, boat chase. Yeah. Um, speeding through the streets of whatever, helicopter chase. The last bits of it, Ethan Hunt very slowly climbing up the rock wall to get to the to get to the detonator. Oh, I got it. When he clicked it and he saved the world, more like mission possible. <laughs> Could you dismantle a bomb if someone was walking you through it? They're in an earpiece and they're telling oh, you yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. what if to I, do. If, if they were walking me through it, hundred percent, yes. Really, I could do it. Yeah, I could do it. Really? Would I be? Would I be like, listen, I'm sorry, whoever is helping, whoever's standing right next to me, I'm like, listen, that smell is definitely piss. Like I have definitely urinated myself, but I can't. I will follow these instructions, and I'm pretty sure that we'll survive. 
If I if it's just following instructions, I could do it. See, I I recently had a phone call with AT and T UVerse, and they were like walking me through <laughs> how to how to reset the cable box, and I couldn't do that. And I'm like, there's no fucking way I could reset the thing. But you, you're Jason Concepcion, Emmy okay. winner, <laughs> an Emmy winner. He could do it. Let me put my Emmy down and dismantle this box. All right, next one. Could you jump out of an airplane? No. Have you ever gone no, skydiving? No. That the planes, planes fly and then they land. They take off and then they land. <laughs> and you sit in them and that's it. Like, why that's are we going to go through this? Yeah. Why am I going to go through all this and jump out of, is, <laughs> unless it's war and this plane is going down and that's how I'm going to live. Yeah. Then strap the parachute on. I'll, I'll give it a go. Otherwise, like just to have fun. No, I'm not diving in a plane. Absolutely not. Question four. Could you climb a 50 foot rope? Like Ethan has to do at the end of the movie when he's getting up to the helicopter. I think that might be too high. I could maybe do a 20-foot rope, but 50 is like far. I don't think I could. way up there. 50, I don't think I could do 50. 100% could not do 50. Do you watch Broken Skull Ranch? Stone Cold Steve Austin's Broken Skull Ranch? No. Uh, It's it's like American Gladiators except against people. And then at the end, they do like this big obstacle course. And the very last thing they have to do is climb a rope. It's like 30 or 40 feet. It looks fucking impossible. I I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Last one. Could you have an awkward encounter with a woman from your past? I mean, couldn't couldn't everybody? I don't Everybody's, know. Who hasn't done that? Who hasn't gone to a, like a party and be like, oh, no, I, my ex is here. Oh, Elizabeth is here or whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, of course, like that just I feel like that is a common. Isn't that a common thing that happens to people? It's never happened to me. You're just living the the straight and narrow, like clean life that everybody aspires to. And that's why. You no messiness, no drama whatsoever in the life of Shea Serrano. I met Laramie when I was 18 years old. So I there's not a there's not like a long history there of women I could run into. Seventh grade, a seventh grade girlfriend, Adriana. We're gonna run into Adriana. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Adriana looks like. Adriana, if I hope that she's listening to this, she could fucking hoop. This is like really? why I fell in love with Adriana because she was on the basketball team. We played in a YMCA a league. And it was like, you know, mixed boys and girls on one team, yeah. boys and girls on like that. So I played against her in a game and she lit us up for like 25 points. Was she, what did she, what position did she play? She played point guard. Oh, damn. She was outstanding. She was outstanding. Damn. But I don't remember what she looked like. I don't. So I don't know if I could, I don't think I could do, I could do that one. Next category, Jason. Let's go. Let's do it. Here it is, baby. Here it Uh-oh. is. It's the connection contest. Ooh, I'm the ready. category in which Shay and I compete to see who can name the most connections between these two movies without running out. <laughs> <laughs> or messing up. Or messing up. Are you ready? I'm ready. Both movies uh, start with action-packed cold opens. Both movies have helicopters in them. Oh, good one. Yep, 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 yep. Ah. In both movies, a group of friends makes decisions based on their feelings for one another, not necessarily logically. Oh, shit. Okay. He's serious again, Steve. (laughs) You always go with like these spatial ones, and I'm just like, oh, both movies have someone named Luther. (laughs) 
That's why I lose. <laughs> that's why I lose. That's mine. Both movies have then, someone named Luther. That's, that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, okay. Both movies feature scenes of characters watching the news. <sighs> that's good. Both movies have chase scenes. In both movies, a person is, is surprisingly shot. Both movies have scenes where someone is on the roof of a building. Mm. Okay. I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Now, listen, you can tell me whether you uh, like this one or not. I like it. Tom Cruise and Jada Pinkett Smith were in Collateral together. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Because I'm going to do something similar later. So I'm going to say that's a good one. <laughs> both, both movies have scenes where someone puts on a wig. Okay. Uh, both movies have a scenes where uh, our characters walk into a room and there's a bunch of guns laid out on the table. <laughs> Both movies have scenes where someone crashes a car into something. Oh, okay. Mm. Mm. In both movies, our heroes get yelled at by an Irish-American authority again, figure again. who later <laughs> empathizes with them. <laughs> every time, every time. There's two weeks, there's two weeks in a Is row. Is it my wrong? I don't Am know. I, wrong? <laughs> I don't think so. Both movies have scenes where someone dresses up for a party. Mm. Oh, that's good. In both movies, the authorities suspect the wrong person of being the bad guy. Both movies have gunfights in them. In both movies, the leader unexpectedly changes the plan. Both movies uh, have someone who has worn a cape in something else. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Henry, Henry Cavill wears a cape in <laughs> Superman. And Dr. Cox wears a cape and scrubs. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's a connection. They're connected by capes. That's a, I, Give it to I me. I don't think we I get, I, I, we I get, really we don't think collateral. I, we gave him collateral earlier. Give me one. Give me one. one unifying thing. All right, fine, All right. fine, 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 uh, fine, uh, fine. Yes. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, in both movies, uh, the hero needs to uh, crash through windows to accomplish their mission. Both movies have a woman who played a love interest to Denzel Washington in a different movie. <laughs> That's mm. fine. We already did it. It's fine. <laughs> this is going to allow a lot of passes. This is a big Rodriguez now. You established a precedent. You That's established true. a precedent. In both movies, characters wield bottles as weapons. Both movies have a scene where someone gets struck by lightning. Uh, <laughs> wait, What? Wait, Wait, did we get struck by lightning and set it off? <laughs> when did they get struck by lightning and set it off? I <laughs> Listen, I ran out like two moves ago. <laughs> I didn't. I honestly didn't. Th I didn't think the cape thing was gonna work, so I ran out right there. <laughs> I just thought if I said it with enough confidence, I could slide it by. <laughs> You had, you had us for like a half a second. I know, I you, I you couldn't said not it, laugh. I you said it with so much confidence. That's why I think you could rob a bank, Shane. I think you could get away with it. Damn it. Give me my buzzer. Give me my buzzer. There's your buzzer. And let's move on. I took a swing. I took a swing. Next category. I'm good with it. This is the easiest category to explain. Also the fastest one. Jason, how do you feel about the state of cool mask movies? Would you watch more or are you good? No, I watch them all. I watch them yeah. all. I love them. Yeah. I absolutely love them. There's nothing, there's nothing like a cool mask in a movie. Even if you've already seen it. And, and Den of Thieves, a great heist movie, they wear these masks that have like the skeletons on the bottom yes. of them. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh shit, that's the same thing they wear in Even American heist. Even if the heist. movie is not that good. If the mask is good, 
It's fucking iconic. That's all you need is a cool. That's all. Because guess what's going to happen? Halloween's going to roll around and I'm going to buy the fucking mask and I'm going to make it part of my costume. I'm going to wear it. Every time. Every, Every time. time. Next. Special acknowledgments. This is where we, uh, Shay and I, take details that we found interesting from our movies to, and we talk about them a little bit. Shay, what do you have? I have a few. Let me give you two, though. I'm going to give you two. Number one, uh, at, when they're chasing Ethan Hunt in Mission Impossible, in particular when they're on the motorcycle chase. I think this, this is my favorite part of the whole movie. I just really love a good motorcycle chase. But they're chasing after him and they're running and he, and he gets hit by the car and he jumps up and he runs. I think during that point, you could say he was being Ethan hunted. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get it in there. I had to get it in there. Uh, we're running out of time. And I also had one. I was going to say Solomon Lame at some point, but I couldn't work it in. I'm so sorry. Um, no, let me give you a real one. Let me give you a real special acknowledgement. I only have one. And normally I like show up with a few, but I wanted to use the entirety of my time during this segment to talk about one scene and set it off. And it's during the final bank robbery when TT, Stoney, and Cleo take their masks off during the standoff in the bank. When you're watching this movie and you're all the way pulled in and they get to that part and you've been rooting for them for so long and they take the masks off after Dr. Cox has called Stoney out by her name <laughs> and you're just yeah. like, fucking shit. Like up until then, I really thought they were going to get away with it. Even watching it now, you, you yeah. and I talked about this before, watching a movie and like trying to like make it be different this time. That's like, same exact thing with this movie. I 100% I, agree with you every time. The first time you watch it, you should have known immediately. You should have absolutely known that they weren't going to get away with it. One of the underlying themes of the movie is that the world is fundamentally tilted against black women. It treats them unfairly at every possible uh, angle, every chance that it gets. And still, I was like rooting for them to make it out so bad, probably because of that. So when they take the masks off and you realize it's done. There's no way for them to wiggle out of it this time. Nobody's going to come busting through and save them and they escape. Like they're just fucking toast. Oh God, it hurts so much every single time. Every single time. I, I hate it. I hate that stretch of the movie where now I have to watch Titi die and then I have to watch Cleo die and then I have to watch Frankie die and I have to watch Stoney watch Frankie die. It's just I don't know. And especially watching it now in the midst of everything that's going on, it starts out with the police shooting an innocent man in the back a hundred times or whatever. This like young black kid who's just graduated high school. It's just like fucking miserable. It's miserable to watch it's that part. It's absolutely miserable to watch all these parts. They had the, the, the final heist when it's like Detective Schrode is, is seems as though he's about to kind of talk them into surrendering and they've put their weapons down. And then all of a sudden this like rent a cop from the bank comes out of nowhere and just this fucking guy and shoots Sean. It's like fucking it's just awful. That entire stretch of the movie is just gutting really, really yeah. hard. But but again, you watch a movie uh, to like feel things and there's it's true. you just you feel the fuck out of that that stretch. It's it's hard. It, it really is. This is a much more lighthearted one. So after uh, the Mission Impossible team plus August Walker managed to uh, spring Lane, the super uh, terrorist, from his uh, holding truck, and they're about to spirit him away, and they are stopped by this French cop, female cop in Paris. She's like, c'est l'allée! You know, like, put mm -hmm. your hands up. And then Tom Cruise is like, it's like, you know, just super play, just walk away. And then she gets shot. 
Tom Cruise shoots all the bad guys. And then he goes up to her and he's like going, he's like saying something. He's like almost, he cups her face almost. And he's like talking mm-hmm. to her. And yeah. I think, I don't know if it's in the contract of every person who is in a Tom Cruise movie, but she looks at him like she's in love with him. She has just been shot by shot. terrorists. <laughs> That's my one weird note on this movie. <laughs> is it everybody's in love with Tom Cruise, which I get it. It's Tom Cruise. That's fine. Okay. That's my one note. He's got a great face. Last category, the Rodriguez, baby. They're prestigious. It is so prestigious. Harvard, Yale, and this. Yeah, those are the three. Not in that order, though. This first. If This first. This first, every episode ends with the Rodriguez. Jason, you love Michelle Rodriguez. I love That's Michelle right. Rodriguez. That's right. So each week we have to figure out how to connect our movie to Michelle in as few steps as possible. And I got to say, I'm feeling real confident. Real confident oh! this week. Real confident. Do you want to go first? I think you should go first. Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> I'm going to keep this on brand. Okay. Vin Rames plays Luther, the hacker, in uh, Mission Impossible and has since Mission Impossible 1. Correct. He is a voice actor in Driver 3, the third installment of the venerable Driver franchise. And I would say kind of the weakest, you know, Driver 3 was trying to respond to like Grand Theft Auto and there was a lot of out of car stuff that I didn't like. I like it when it was just about driving and smashing your cars into cop cars. That's what what the series should have been about. And also a voice actor. In that wonderful... Wait, is this a video game? Yes, Michelle Rodriguez. I love that. (laughs) But here's, let me just, uh, here's a few of the other people who are voices on Driver 3. Michael Madsen, Iggy Pop, uh, Mickey Rourke. What is this game? Are you sure this isn't a movie? Because it sounds a lot like a movie. It's Driver 3. And it's, it's okay, but not great. I've got three that I want to offer. One of which... One of which is okay. terrible, so I'm gonna so I'm gonna just leave it off. I'm gonna okay. leave it off. I was gonna make a very silly connection, but the other two are very very solid. I can't wait. Uh, okay, first my first option here. There's a song on the Girl Fight soundtrack called "I Can Do Two. Queen Latifah has a guest verse on oh, it. That's a good one. That's great. That's solid. That's, that's good. Solid. That's very, that's I, very okay. solid. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I I appreciate it. Here's the other one. My guy F. Gary Gray. Directed this movie, shows up in this movie. He also directed Fate of the Furious. I fucking love this guy. I love this guy. That's the great one. I've got two direct links to it. Play my music. Steve, give me my championship (laughs) belt. Whatever whatever Eddie Guerrero's uh, theme, lie, lie, cheat, and steal. Viva la raza. Give it to me. (laughs) Call the fight, Steve. Throw the towel. Do it, Steve. Shay takes it. So unenthusiastic how you did that right there. <laughs> we should. I, I, I don't okay, know. Okay, like, all right. There should be a buzzer yeah, yeah, yeah. or something. Give a give a speech. Give an MVP speech. Give him the sad and triumphant music. I just, I just, <laughs> I honestly don't know. I don't know. I spent a lot of a lot of days working on this. <laughs> And I don't appreciate the way that Steve is always, he's always Jason is giving his pick. Jason is in the middle of making his pick. And Steve is like, oh, I love this one. Great, great job. I haven't even gone yet. Clearly, I don't, fuck these guys. Fuck these guys. 
Okay. Jason, take us, take us out of here, Jason. That's all for today. On behalf of myself, Shay, Super Producer Steve Allman, and everyone at the Ringer, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. Join us next week when our theme is bad television appearances. Oh yeah, baby. And our movies are Anchorman and Joker. <laughs> Do you, Ethan, take Julia to be your lawful wedded wife? I do. To have, to hold, to love, cherish, honor, and protect? <laughs> I do. To shield from terrors known and unknown? To lie, to deceive? What? 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 To live a double life, <laughs> to fail to prevent her abduction? Erase her identity. Force her into hiding. Take away all she has known. Stop. In a selfish, futile, fleeting attempt. I said stop. To escape your own true self. Please stop. The voice was totally different by the end of it than at the beginning. <laughs>